Man, what a good day. What a good day. You ready for the word? Yeah, we're going to dive into it. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, we thank you for your word. It's life. Our opinion doesn't matter. Your word does. Father, it's the only thing that brings about change and transformation. Holy Spirit, come in this place now. Do what you want to do. Have your way. Father, we thank you for divine encouragement. We thank you, Father, for persistence over resistance. God, we thank you. Father, we press on to take hold of that for which you took hold of us today. We give you glory. We give you praise. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Holy Spirit. We honor you, Father God. We honor your word in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. If you're new to church, amen just means I agree. It's a churchy word. Can we give it up for our team? I always sound better when Brad's playing. It's more spiritual. I'm going to dive right in. Uh, This is Supernatural 7. The title of this message is called Persistence Over Resistance. Everybody say persistence. Persistence. Come on, church is a participatory sport. Say persistence with me. Persistence is critical, and today we're going to talk about that and about encouragement because I believe that God has something absolutely amazing for your life. Not just everybody in this room, but for you particularly, right? Each and every one of you is special, and I believe that there are amazing days ahead where God is going to do awesome things. The Bible says that the latter will be greater than the former. And so I want to talk to you today about supernatural strength. I want to talk with you today about supernatural encouragement. And like I said last week, you know how you can tell when somebody needs encouragement? If they're breathing, right? And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about encouragement and about persistence and how encouragement helps us have persistence over every kind of resistance that we will face. Micah 7 verse 8 through 11 says this, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Because I've sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and establishes my right. He will bring me out into the light. I will see his righteousness. Then my enemy will see it and be covered with shame. Come on. How many of you know that no matter what enemy resists you, every voice that rises against you, Isaiah says, shall be silenced. Even Micah's saying, even when I go off, even when I do the wrong thing, even the loving kindness of God, I may, I may reap what I've sown for a while, but he will eventually bring me into a light place. He will eventually allow me to see the defeat of my enemy. Are you with me today? And so God wants to do something awesome if you don't get lost in the dark. He will bring you into a light place. Don't get lost in the dark. The Word of God brings life. The Bible says that when Jacob heard that his son Joseph, who had been sold into slavery many, many years before, when he heard that he was still alive, when his uh, sons came back and said, hey, the one that we sold, the brother that we sold, your son is alive in Egypt, and he's not just alive, but he's 
thriving. He's alive and he's thriving. The Bible says they told Joseph, Joseph, uh, they told Jacob, Joseph is still alive. He's ruler of all of Egypt. Jacob was stunned and he didn't believe him. But when they told him everything Joseph had told them, and when he saw the cards Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob did what? Revived. Come on, when you get a word from God, when you get a word of encouragement from God, it revives you. It brings you back to life. Does anybody need a little life up in here? Come on, talk to me, church. The Bible says in Psalms, it says, My comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. That even in suffering, I can take comfort because God is good, His word is always true, and His promise preserves my life. Let us think in a minute. His promise preserves my life. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Come on, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's not your spirit, it's your soul. That even the word of God, which connects naturally to your spirit, the eternal part of you, it even revives your mind, your will, and your emotions. When you got some stinking thinking going on, you know what I'm talking about. The word of God comes along, revives that, and brings it into alignment with his word. And you start to see possibility. You start to see supernatural things. You start to see, I can. You start to see, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You start to see, I am more than a conqueror through him who called me according to his purpose and grace. You start to begin to see some things a little bit differently. And so today... I want to help you because you can't talk about persistence without talking about weariness and tiredness. I don't know about you, but that's a real deal thing. Tiredness and weariness. And so I want to teach you today from the word of God how to keep tired in its place. How to keep everybody say tired. tired. Say stay in your place. In your place. Galatians 6 7 through 9 is our text. It says, Do not be deceived, which means a lot of people are. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. This is New Testament, not Old Testament. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, from the Holy Spirit will reap eternal life. So, so if, I, if, I, if I please my flesh, if I do my own thing, then I reap destruction. That's, that's, that's the fruit of pleasing my flesh is destruction. But the fruit of living to please the Holy Spirit is eternal life. I'll take that for 500, Alex. Right? Then it says this, which we might know well. Let us not become weary. Everybody say weary with me. Weary. Come on, get you dive in. Let us not become weary in doing good. Because people get weary in doing good. For at the proper time, oh, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Proper time, I hate proper time. Have you ever read something in God's Word that made you mad? It, it, it offended you? Maybe it ticked you off a little bit? That, that phrase ticks me off because I'm not a patient person. So when it says, 
at the proper time. No, I want it in my time, thank you. Right? I feel like I've done enough sowing. It's time to reap. Are you... You know, there's a lot of religious people up in here today, and you just, I can feel your judgment, but you are just like me. A lot of you, I can tell. Trust me, I've seen you in the drive-thru. I know what you're doing. Come on, at the proper time. The proper time means this. The proper time is a, is a personally unique and specific moment of change. That's what the Greek means. It means that there is a personally unique and specific divine moment of change. That God has it, that it happens in His time, and it's not only to produce what you've been sowing into, but to help you grow and become who He called you to be. See, it's not just about the harvest, it's about you. See, something happens when we just sow and we just do the thing that we know to do, we just keep walking in obedience every step of the way, even though you might not see the fruit right then and there, you just keep doing what you know to do and God begins to transform us. Something happens. There's a work over time. There's a stretching, a shaping, a conforming. So that word weary, mean, it doesn't necessarily mean what you think or what I thought it did. It doesn't just mean exhausted or discouraged or lose heart. It actually means to behave remissly in or to culpably omit, meaning that I don't do some things that I know that I should do because I'm tired. Are you, are you with me? The word weary means that I refrain from doing what I know to do that, 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 that somehow, and that makes me culpable, it actually has just not only exhaustion, but this word afraid involved too. Like, man, if I keep doing this, I'm going to miss out on this or miss out on that. And so, so there's this dynamic with weary where it's saying, hey, I am just so over it that, that, that even though I know the right things to do, I just, I'm, just, I'm just tired. I'm just weary, man. I don't know that I want to do them. It actually comes from a root of words that means wicked or evil, malevolent, criminal. That's what weary means. The root of it is criminal, malevolent, and wicked. Why? Because it's you going, I am so over it, God. I, I feel like I should be at this place by now. I feel like I should be reaping this by now. And I've been sowing and sowing and so I've been doing, I've been doing, I've been doing, and I haven't seen that thing yet. And God said, what about proper time? What about proper time? And that's when we trust God over ourselves and submit to him and say you know what your word says to do it so I'm going to do it and I know that you're good and you've never lied and you're always true and at the end of the day it will produce it doesn't return void but my efforts will produce exactly what you called them to exactly what you called them to it says you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. I looked at this word too. Can you give me that? There's nothing in this. So just so that you know. I had to let the security team know that I was going to bring a weapon to church. This is a compound bow. For all of you that hunt, you would know this. For all of you that don't and you buy your meat at the grocery store, this is, this is how they used to get it. 
The word give up means to unstring a bow. To unstring a bow. It means, I want you to hear this now, I think this is revelation for somebody. That there's, that, that there's a, that when you're doing what God called you to do, when you're just working it and you're making it work, there's a tension that you feel. There's so much poundage of pressure and tension in this bow right now that there's a tension that you feel. It doesn't break you, but it stretches you. You with me today? Come on. That, 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 that if you don't unstring the, the bow and you submit to the tension... This, the tension of what? Of doing good, of sowing, of, and, then, and then waiting to reap, of sowing, of sowing, of sowing, uh, that I'm not getting weary of doing good. I'm not giving up. I am not unstringing the bow. I'm not unstringing the bow. Because you know what happens. Think of this. If I don't unstring the bow, if I lose tension too quickly, if I unstring this bow and I lose tension too quickly, then I can't aim. Boom, snap back. If I lose tension too quickly, then I can't pull the string back far enough to have any power in it. J just go with me now. Look at it. I want this image in your head. The tension is what gives me the power. The very thing that we don't want is the thing that gives us the power. It's the thing that God is stretching. It's the thing that God is using. Somebody got it. Thank you, brother, whoever you are. But, but, but listen, there's a tension that you're trying to get out of, and God is saying, no, I want you in. Because that tension produces a power. It, it, it not only helps you aim, but it generates so much power. Listen. If the string is loose and there's no tension and no power coming from my life, I have nothing to assault the enemy with. There is nothing. The Bible says that that little girl we just dedicated is, is, is an arrow in the hand of a warrior. Let me tell you, parents, you get some tension in your life in doing good. God gives you some arrows and the next generation gets shot at the kingdom of darkness and starts to expand the kingdom of light there's a whole generation dependent on your tension and we, and we can pray it away we can try and go hey you know what I just, I, I, just, I just need some me time I just need to do me You know, I just gotta get out of this I gotta, I gotta have some relief and God is saying no 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 what I've called you to doesn't break you what I called you to makes you it might have some tension, but don't worry. The tension is good because the tension is what's giving you the power. Come on. You take that. The reality is, all too often, we want to get out of tension. So here's lessons from that text. That doing good can still lead to weariness. A lot of times we think that doing good, well, I'm doing good, so why am I feeling this way? Because you're doing good. Because you're killing it for Jesus. Because you're following the word. Because you're doing it the right way. My, here's another lesson. My strength doesn't always correspond to God's timing. This is important. Somebody's going to get this today. 
that your strength it doesn't always correspond to God's timing. That means that your strength may run out before the proper time comes for you to harvest. Hear me. And if all you're relying on is your strength, you'll never reap. But if you're relying on his strength, the Lord is my strength in my life. Then when I tap out, come on. Isn't that what it says? Doesn't it say something about they that wait on the Lord will re renew their strength? So God knew you were going to run out of strength. That's why he was always there so that when we learn to rely on him, we've got a limitless supply that'll keep us going. Come on. That'll keep us going until it's time to harvest. Yes. Too many people tap out because they go, man, I got nothing left. That's the whole point. You got nothing left, but he's got everything left. So if I can yield, if I can submit, if I can rely on him then that strength is renewed and in hebrew it just means i take off a garment i take off a jacket of weariness and i put on a new one in strength another lesson from that text is there's a proper time and i hate it but there is and i can tell you Ten times out of ten, it has never been my time. So I just wanna I just wanna give you a cheat code today, a spoiler alert. It ain't gonna be in your time. The harvest will not come in your time. It will come in his time at the proper time, which is the best time for you. Say it with me. Say he knows. Now say it like I didn't make you say it. Say, he knows. He knows. He knows the best time. I think I know the best time. I'm pretty convinced I do. But I don't. And the more you walk with Jesus, the more you know, ah, because when you look back, you go, oh, I'm, your timing is perfect, man. You look at that hindsight and you go, God, you knew exactly what you were doing. Because if I had that then, I would have been a hot mess. It would have messed everything up. The fourth thing we learned from the text, and if you don't know this today, I want to help you. It's a, old, it's a farmer term. It's an agricultural principle. There's sowing and reaping. Hang on to reaping. Sowing is about tilling. It's about planting. It's about believing in the process that God established. Sowing's about timing. You can't bear fruit outside of your season. You've heard me say that. Sowing's about watering. It's about fertilizing. It's about weeding. It's about, it's about waiting if I'm being honest with you, there's nothing fun about sowing. It's just work that you don't see the fruit of. But reaping, now that is fun. And you know, I've never harvested anything that I didn't plant. Are, are you with me? If I want to harvest it, I got to plant it. 
they're sowing and reaping. Do not get weary in doing good. And all that God has followed you to, because there, and all that he's called you to, because the reality is there's a breakthrough when I keep doing what he called me to do. When I keep praying, when I keep forgiving, when I keep believing, when I keep sowing, when I keep giving, when I keep pouring it out, I know that God will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That when I get weary, I can rely on him. So do not get weary in doing good. You will reap if you don't give up. There's something else that we need to know. Don't let tired talk too loud. I will. I'll say it again. Don't let tired talk too loud. The voice that you listen to is often the loudest one in your ear. When I am inwardly renewed, I want you to hear this. It comes from 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. It says, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That outwardly there's something that people don't see on the inside. Outward it doesn't look real good. Outward the circumstance don't look good. Outward I kind of look beat up. Outward I kind of look like a mess. Outward I might look a little haggard. I might look a little tired. I might look a little weary. I might look a little, a little something something, you know? Might need, a little, might, might need a little attention. But inwardly, I'm getting renewed every single day. Why? Because our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So I fix my eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let me tell you, church, when you are inwardly renewed, then you will have an outwardly proper perspective. That's why he says, I'm being renewed day by day, so I fix my eyes. I don't fix my eyes on what is wearing me out. I fix my eyes on the glory, on the reward, on the eternal benefit that I'm going to get later. And that gives me a strength. If I am inwardly renewed, then I will always have a proper perspective. Part of the challenge is... There's a culture that doesn't, of Christians that do not know how to inwardly renew themselves. And so the problem becomes an improper perspective, which makes you go, well, it hasn't happened yet. And it makes you question God, question his timing, question his word, question his character. But if I can tell you, if I can encourage you, if I can get that stupid voice out of your head, it would be this, don't let it talk too loud. You can acknowledge it, but don't let it talk too loud because the reality is when I'm inwardly renewed, when I got some Jesus time, when I'm putting God's word in me more than I'm putting in other people's opinions, I'm going to let that one sit and we just let that one sit. It's going to stew. Yeah, you know, you know, that's a slow burn right there. When I crack open the Bible. And I get his thoughts for me, my day, my life. See, who I focus on is what gives me strength. That's why the Bible says, consider him, Jesus, 
who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Who I focus on is what gives me strength. Are you with me? So I got him and I got the word and the Holy Spirit leading me into all of it. Tiredness is not about age, experience, or strength, but about learning when to wait and how to expectantly hope. See, I said before, even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord renew their strength. They soar on wings like eagles. They run and they don't get weary. They walk and they don't faint. Isn't it interesting that when I wait on the Lord, I can expend energy but never get tired when I'm waiting on Him. Think about this. What that verse tells me is I have to acknowledge my own weakness. That's tough to do. It's tough to be that aware to go, man, I just struggle here. The older we get, I think the better we get at it. But the reality is, Learn to acknowledge your weakness and go to the right place with it. It says, if I wait on the Lord, not if I wait for my circumstance to change, not if I wait. Yeah. See, you thought I was going to maybe, maybe just tell you all your promises will be fulfilled. God got that yacht waiting for you on the south of France. Don't worry about it. No, that if I wait on the Lord, if I go to the right place, if I go to him, then my strength gets renewed. Are you following me? It's only, it's only when I acknowledge, I don't go places, if, if I don't acknowledge my weakness, why would I ever go to him for strength? You see, if I go to him, then it means that I've already acknowledged that I am weak, but he is strong. That's why he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Why? Because the humble know how to ask. The humble know how to ask. The humble know how to go, you know what? I have a need and I know how to ask for it and I know where to go with it. See, tiredness, if it talks too loud, it'll do some things that you don't want it to. It'll push you out of a place, it'll push you into a place that you shouldn't go. I think of Elijah when I think of this verse. It says, And the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? When God asks you what you're, where, why are you there, it means he didn't send you. How did you get here? I'll tell you how. Because if you let tiredness talk too long, it'll push you to a perspective that you shouldn't have. It not only will push you to a place you shouldn't go, but it'll push you to a perspective that you shouldn't have. Elijah answered the Lord, and came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Elijah got weary in doing well. He got weary in doing good, and he was ready to give up. And he let tiredness and disappointment push him to a place he shouldn't have gone and to a perspective he shouldn't have had which means he had feelings that he shouldn't feel. By the way, feelings are real, but not always true. They're like children in the back seat. You can acknowledge them. Shouldn't let them drive. Right? Right? So, don't, don't let tiredness push you to feelings you shouldn't have. 
What was, what was Elijah's issue? The Bible says he was afraid of Jezebel and ran for his life. Tiredness. Don't let it talk too loud, church. It'll keep you from what God has for you. It'll keep you from reaping when you sowed so faithfully. Embrace the tension. Draw the bow back. Know that God's doing something in it. There's a lot of different effects of tiredness, aching and sore muscles, which means that you don't have enough strength to do what God has called you to. Apathy and a lack of motivation, which means that spiritually I lose the heart and will to do what God wants me to. That's why the Bible says it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Tiredness will cause you to be drowsy in the daytime which means that you're not prepared for the right seasons of your life. You're not prepared to act in the right seasons of your life. Difficulty concentrating or learning new tasks is a symptom of tiredness, which means I have a more difficult time learning what God desires me to. I have trouble focusing on the right things when I'm tired, which is why the Bible says, let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you. Gastrointestinal problems come from tiredness. Which means I can't properly digest what God is giving me. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. When you just reject the word of God because you're just like, man, I just can't take that. That's too hard. That comes when you're weary and tired. It doesn't come when you're fresh. It doesn't come when you're fresh. Irritability or moodiness. I have a lack of joy and I have a lack of peace. If the world were to look at you, would they want to serve your God? Where they say, man, they got so much peace and joy in every circumstance of their life. How do they do that? Man, I got to know, I got to have what they're having. Come on, you see somebody eating a really good meal at a restaurant and they're just loving it. They're just in it. You never been, you're like, man, I have what he's having. People don't want to have what you're having if what you're having doesn't make you have peace, love, and joy in the Holy Spirit. They want to have what you're having when you go, man, I'm going through it, but man, I, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You don't got to say it. You just, you exude it. I got peace that passes understanding. I got it. Are you with me today? Impaired decision-making and judgment is a symptom of tiredness. Ooh, this is where we go wrong. This is at a time when kings went off to war, David stayed home, and there he met Bathsheba. Oh, let that one simmer too. Come on. I don't make godly, biblically-based choices when I'm tired. I just don't. I don't know about you, but I don't. Don't let tired talk too loud because persistence pays persistence pays I'll end with this because I have to <laughs> Jesus tells a story of about a friend who knocks on his neighbor's door to get some bread and it's in the middle of the night and the neighbor goes I ain't got time for that ain't nobody got time for that leave me alone <laughs> and the neighbor just keeps knocking and knocking and knocking and the Bible says even though 
Jesus said, even though the guy doesn't want to get up, it's not out of his goodwill, it's not out of his heart, it's not out of his abundance. Because of that man's persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. That word is anadea. It's an amazing word. It means a complete lack of sensitivity to what is proper. That when you're that persistent, it's a carelessness about the good opinion of others. And shamelessness, impertinence. It's like, hey God, I know that you've called me to sow here and I know that you've called me to reap. And I don't care what other people say. I don't care what other people do. I'm going to keep knocking on heaven's door till I get the answer that I need. Because God said, hey, if you just keep knocking, he will answer and he will come to your aid. His arm is not small, church. I want to encourage you today. Don't let tired talk too loud. It's okay to acknowledge it. Come get some strength in it. Would our prayer team come? Would you bow your heads with me today? There's lots of people that are absolutely amazing that can pray for you. You'll never come to Hope Point and not be able to receive prayer. And there's probably some people in this house today that are going through it. Man, today could be your breakthrough. Today, today could be your breakthrough. If you're online, today could be your breakthrough. Just tell that person typing, hey, I need a breakthrough. But I believe God's here to encourage you. Supernatural encouragement. You know why? Because persistence will beat resistance. Just keep at it. Just keep at it. Keep pressing on. God's heart was so towards you, so for you, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, who persisted against every trial, every circumstance, so that we could have abundant and eternal life. I want to right now ask you today if you have surrendered your life to Jesus. We all have sin and we're all destined to hell without God's grace. And today in this moment, I want to give you an opportunity to meet the persistent one, the lover of your soul, the God that created and knows you. Maybe you've been far away from him. Can I tell you there's no better time to come home? So I'm going to do something. You can do it online. You can do it in these seats. Our church is going to help you. We're going to say a prayer today. And the Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That when you surrender your life, when you give it to Jesus, he takes it and gives you abundant and eternal life. He covers sin, every wrong thing that you've ever done. And the payment of sin is death. It's hell. But the gift of God is eternal life. So would you say this prayer after me? It's important that you confess it after we pray it. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come up. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and let me acknowledge and celebrate that decision with you. Let's pray. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. I give my life to you. And I make you my Lord and Savior, Jesus. I thank you for saving me. For cleansing me. For giving me a new start. Thank you for paying a price that I couldn't on the cross. Thank you that when you rose again, you gave me abundant and eternal life. I receive your grace today. 
in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, you said that prayer, you meant it in your heart. Personally, just you, me, and Jesus, just raise your hand right now. I want to celebrate with you that decision. Thank you. Come on, nice and high. Thank you. Come on, let's give it up for those that did that.